skill is something that has to be learned. I think talent very much so is going to be God given. It's going to be be more of a natural thing that comes to you. You don't have to. I think they're both equally important. I mean, there's the phrase hard work feeds talent when talent doesn't work hard. Welcome to Decision Point, a podcast about overcoming adversity in sales and the growth that we experience in the process. I'm Brad Siemens. Joining Brad on this episode of Decision Point is Amelia Taylor. Amelia's an account executive with Carabiner Group. Enjoy as Amelia and Brad sit down to discuss what it means to make it happen and the art of sales communication. So let's let's start. Give me your so give me your story up to this point, and then let's talk about let's talk about sales and kind of what's happening in your kind of in your market today, your job, your role, and what you're learning along the way. Well, so so yeah, I mean, I never really I was going to jump into a sales career. I always had this vision in my mind growing up of having this, you know, the the big white house with the white picket fence and the dogs running outside and the kids having a picnic, you know, the whole little Southern story that you think of this, this dream, but it was what my family kind of put in front of me. And that's kind of what my sister has done. And I never thought about from my side, my perspective, my wants or my needs or what made me tick, made me, you know, really just have passion about things. I never thought about me. I thought about what was put in front of me. And I said, okay, this is going to be my life one day. I'm going to meet someone, get married. Boom, boom, boom. Those are the steps you take. And so I, I went off to school at University of Mississippi and went there solely for wanting to go have fun and not knowing a soul and just saying, I'm going to go and enjoy myself, which I did just side note, <laughs> but, but a girl on my floor that in my dorm, she kept going and going and going to all these different basketball meetups and she would just go play and she'd play with the guys too and stuff. And I, basketball was my saving grace just in life. I mean, it was my basketball coach to this day. From high school is still a mentor of mine and it was my outlet and my just survival mode when some things went upside down growing up just my mother passed when I was 15 she had breast cancer and you know what does a 15 year old do with that you know you you go rogue or you just you know shut down or whatever it may be and there's no there's no ham handbook or guidelines to say like, this is how you handle things in life when this happens. And, you know, you take it for what it is and you figure it out. And thankfully I was instilled with good morals and values and wisdom to know, you know, let's not go totally apeshit. Let's not go totally wild. You know, I did, but also to, you know, cling on to something and sports were my thing. I mean, 100%, but the whole goal was to not go to college with that being my thing. My, I wanted to create something new for myself without knowing anyone. But I I see this girl, she keeps going to these basketball things. I'm like, all right, I'm going to try. I'm just going to try to go with her one time because she kept inviting me, inviting me, and I kept saying no. And so I went with her one time. And it was a bunch of the girls like who played at Ole Miss. And they were like, well, why are you not walking on with Maggie, this girl? And I was like, 
I don't know, you know, I, I just don't, I want to have fun and all that. And they were like, well, we have fun and we still play. So I was like, shoot, let's do it. So I walked on, made the team, didn't play much, but can say that I did it. And that's an accomplishment right then and there. And so that was kind of my, my, something I clung on to in college, but I went to school for hospitality management. I can't cook. I can't do anything. I'm really bad to be honest. So I burn like the hello fresh rice. Like that's where I'm at with like <laughs> my cooking abilities and we're being honest. Totally transparent here. And so I I still in the back of my mind had this idea of life goes this certain way. You go to school, you do this, you do that, you get a job, you meet someone. So first job pretty much out of college, I jump into the sales role at the startup in Atlanta. And I learned the ins and outs pretty much of full cycle, full cycle sales, which was great and gave me, I mean, I was totally clueless of what I was doing, which is a good thing too, because I think a lot of people have too much information now to where they spit a ton of it out and then they have nothing left in their back pocket to really leverage. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that I knew how to influence people and I could talk to people. And so I was doing pretty much Groupons for AAA members. So it was for it was creating these packages at these hotels and that were AAA approved and all that. And I would come up with these different offerings that would be sent to AAA members and stuff. So I would learn just how to kind of negotiate and figure out helping people in the very best way possible to give them more business and what the foundational aspects were of sales, you know, how to go about doing sales without really consciously doing, you know, knowing what I was doing. It was very subconscious. So I learned that there was more so a talent that I had than a full on skill. And so it was refining the skills, which was a huge thing. How would you define the difference between a talent and a skill? I think skill is something that has to be learned. I think talent very much so is going to be God-given. It's going to be be more of a natural thing that comes to you. You don't have to. I think they're both equally important. I mean, there's the phrase, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And I totally agree. There's also going to be these, not everyone's going to be, you know, the um, LeBron James of the world. You know, not everyone's going to have this crazy talent. Not everyone's going to be Steph Curry where he can just like shoot any shot that he wants and makes it. You know, there's, that's straight, like God-given talent. But there's the hard work and the skill and the the dedication to they they put into refining that craft. You know, you've got to work on your craft in order for it to be fully just capitalized on. So it's a good question, though. You know, because a lot of people. I did a post about it recently on LinkedIn about skill versus talent, because it is something, you know, are salespeople better with more skill and more talent? But it's, it's interesting what a lot of people were saying. What, what was the overall feedback from the, from the post? Overall I follow feedback. a lot of your stuff, but I didn't see that one. Overall feedback, it was, I want to say a lot of it was going back to the whole hard work beats talent. And so a lot of people had said and hard work and, you know, the talent's going to go behind the hard work just because those who outwork those who are talented, if they're just going to sit there and just think like, oh, I can rely on my talent. Like, I'm good at this. I'm great. 
whatever, but not trying to refine your craft and work on it and, you know, learn new things along the way and keep up with industry trends and different um, approaches. And the world has shifted in it when it comes to sales. You've got to learn how to keep up. You There's new things happening all the time. There's advice spitting out everywhere. And a lot of things, you know, big thing for me is there's a lot of advice out there. You don't have to take it all. You can listen to it all. Don't take it all. A lot of people think they've got to take it all, assess it all for themselves. Well, here's the thing about advice that I, so listen to a lot of podcasts and this story particularly pops out to me is I've got a friend who's got a blinds, blinds company and he, they, he's a part of this. I, I think maybe you call it like a blind summit. So there's six other companies across the country. They all sell blinds. They get together once a year and they, they meet in a city and they just talk, they're all around the same, same revenue, same employee. And they just talk about what's going on in the space and how they're growing. And he told me this story and I thought it was really, I thought it was really interesting and it's going to apply here to advice. He said, every person in this group had grown their business a different, a different way. So one guy is going to grow it through billboards. One guy is going to build it through commercials. I built mine through going to home, going to the um, homes on, on site, the, oh shoot, help me realtor. What's the name of the, the, but what's the name of the the first home in the neighborhood? Oh, so 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 we divert. So model homes. So he would go around to the model homes and build relationships with the sales guys there. And then he had another one that built on SEO. But here was the thing: every single one of those companies had had tried another channel, and it didn't work. And so I think when you think about advice, there's so many different kinds of advice, and it's so conflicting. Like, and, and, and you've got to figure out what, I think the point of this story is you got to figure out what works for you and it, you, you got to figure out what works for you. And then well, you got to try other stuff and you got to put the time in, right? I think that's the other piece of the story is like, in a lot of these cases, they did what was natural for them. They tried to move into an unnatural channel and they didn't give it enough time, but. They don't like the uncomfortable. They don't like change people. I am one of those weirdos that loves change. I'm all for it. Well, like I heard, I heard one time. So if you take personality tests, which I'm sure you've taken at your different, most people are high in stability, meaning that they don't like change. Like the mass majority of people are really uncomfortable with change. And I mean, I think that's just an, it's just inevitable, right? I mean, so change can be really dramatic or dramatic. It can be, but it can also, I mean, it's all about mindset. It's where's your, you know, but people are the way that they are because of where they've been too. So there could be some traumatic event that was, you know, a massive change in their childhood that made them think about change in a super negative light. You know, for me, there were aspects of my life growing up too, where change was really tough, but I, there's also, you know, you take an assessment too. I'm a high D and I, you know, if you're doing a disc one and I'm where I'm like, bring it on challenge accepted sort of thing. And let's have fun with it at the same time, opposed to, I need the stability and I'm going to freak out if I don't have it. So it's all about, you know, certain things shape who people are, but it's also that they, you're born a certain way. You're created a certain way. There's definitely a bend, right? People, people have, have, have certain, have certain bends for sure. Have kids and you'll see, see that. Amen. I'm 100%. I mean, so get this. So yesterday I'm on the hunt for a new elf because our dog. For a new elf? The elf on the shelf. The elf on the shelf got got eaten? 
It got eaten by the dog. So I see the elf on the shelf yesterday morning. It had been all set up and whatnot for my girls. My two girls, they were five and seven. And the elf is a big deal over here. So Princess Sparkles, she's a big deal. So she... That's the elf, right? That's not the that's, dog? No, that's our okay. elf. That's our elf. Okay. Princess Sparkles is... No, no. The, the dog is a pit bull who is humongous, and I don't know what we're doing. What's the What's pit the pit bull's name? His name is Tyson. Oh, see, I'm, I was thinking like a good name for a big pit bull like that would be Princess Sparkles. See, I was hoping... No, it'd be cute. And then she'd cute. have like sweet little like blinged out... No, we literally, I, I've been following this lady in Mississippi who's like this crazy breeder of these beautiful dogs. And I'm like, I want one. So I hit this girl up on link or on Instagram. And she's like, yeah, I've got literally like the most beautiful group of puppies right here. Like I will give you this crazy deal, whatever. Like I, you're went to school in Mississippi. Like we just had these like a few mutual connections and stuff too. So she was like, yeah, like I'll help you out. I drive to Mississippi. I pick up this dog and the dog comes back home with me. And the Tyson, who was, it was whatever May, was it the Mayweather? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Whatever that's right. It was like right around that time. And so I was like, same of Tyson and ran with it. And my girls were like, yeah. And I was, I mean, but he is like, Gosh, she's like almost seven months right now, and he's right at a hundred pounds. And I'm thinking, what so, is? Yeah, that? that's a that's a big dog. And then he got he ate Princess Sparkles. So the he elf. got a hold of Princess Sparkles, and so yesterday I'm thinking, okay, got to go find another one of these thirty two dollar elves on the shelf. Nobody's got these in stock, so I'm running around to different like Targets, Walmart's trying to figure it out. And I'm like, this is going to make me go crazy. I'm going to lose my mind. And I've got like calls that I'm on while I'm riding around looking for a new Princess Sparkles. I mean, the whole shebang. And it was one of those days where I was like, you know what? You got to just laugh about it or I'm going to lose my mind. And so going back to this whole mindset thing, it's like, you just have to have the mindset of either like, you can't lose your mind over little things. Like what matters? What doesn't matter? And how are you going to take on things that are unexpected changes too that you've got to deal with? I'm not saying that this is a huge ordeal. It's an elf on the shelf, right? But to my kids, it was like they would have been like traumatized by this thing. Did they and see? So, did they see Princess Sparkles get mauled? No. Were you, ever, you were able to, you were able to protect at, them? Yeah, Princess Sparkles had a checkup at the North Pole, so she had to go. Oh, okay. Like, so we had to so do. You a, got, that's a good mom move. The, I, you know. You know Good mom move. One one time I had to go upstairs to to put the uh, tooth fairy money under the under the pillow and I got caught. So I acted like the tooth fairy got stuck under the under the under the pillow or under the covers. I was like, "Oh, get it!" And then I was like, "Try like making it look." I was like, "Oh, it flew away." So that uh, I was out. That's a good like, dad move. There you yeah, go. Yeah, no, it was. I made it look like it went right under the cut, like, and then just disappeared. Oh, um, but uh, yeah, but you do. That's the whole, you got to bend a little bit. You got to be able to like pivot and adjust and realize like life goes on and you're going to have to just deal with whatever craziness comes your way. And no, keep going. No, I I mean, that's it. It's where, and that applies to so many things in life. So where if it's, if your mindset is where you say, okay, no matter what challenges I'm going to come across, 
I'm going to take a step back and not be in the circle, you know, in the tornado of it. Because I think when you're in that tornado, you get a totally different view. It's just, it's hard. Mindset is hard though. It's easy to talk about. David Goggins, we've talked about David Oh Goggins. yeah. We had, we had a really, we had a good, we had a really big conversation it's about there. Yep. Yeah, which I didn't. I still have not looked up what you shared. Yeah, oh, the book. The book. You got to get the book. Living. Hold on. I'm gonna get it for you. The Sarah Blakely. Yeah. Here, we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna get. We're gonna get you the book. We're sending you the book. I cannot. Like I've told like five people about this, and I'm. They're like, well, where is it? I'm like, I don't know. I just know this little bit of this story, and oh, it's it's hilarious. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. You're gonna enjoy it. I, you know, I tried to share. It's it's so funny. So funny. Yeah, I'm gonna get you the book. We'll get you the book. So, so talk a little bit about so you so you there was a couple things in our first conversation that that popped up. There's one when you talked about making the basketball team. You said the words. Oh, I. You said, hey, we've been going to the the open gyms, and I'm playing these girls, and I was like, I can do that. And I said, you know, I think those I think those three words are like the most important words you can tell yourself. And like, when I hear somebody say that, I'm like, okay, I want to, I want to hire you. I want to talk to you because that's self-belief, right? To watch somebody do something else and then to say, Oh, I can do that. That's nothing. I can, I got that. I can, I can do that same thing. And if you can't say those three words, you're going to struggle at whatever you do. Anything. But at anything, you know? And so to be able to look at something or somebody and say, you know, I, I think those are probably the most, the three most important, important words. And I think it just comes down, it comes down to self-belief, right? So that, that popped out in our, our conversation. Okay. I think the, the other thing, and I don't know how much we covered of this, but, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, you had, I think I joked with you that you were like the number one SDR on the, on the internet on Thursday <laughs> last week. And then I realized you posted it about yourself. You posted it about yourself. So you weren't really the number. You you no, just I, asked who the number one was. And I, and it, was I, a, it was a fake thing. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. So, so talk a little bit about kind of your journey. Talk about how you got this seamless and what you guys are doing and kind of your role there and just the transformation that you made from, you know, being a realtor to, to being in, in software sales. Yeah. So I, you know, through, happenstance circumstance all the above it's I, I found myself as single mother of two little girls and living in Tampa Florida whole families in Atlanta and so I had to figure out okay how am I going to make ends meet in the very best way with what I'm good at doing and so through having self-belief and looking at what other people were doing and friends of mine and whatnot and asking questions and learning and thinking I can do that. Like I can do what you're doing. I can make more than you. I can do better than you kind of thing. It's where I said, okay, I'm going to move. We're going to move to Tampa, Florida, where my girl's dad is at. And so for them to be closer to him, have that relationship too. And then I am going to just dive into software sales because that's where the money's at. And I know I can. And how'd you decide that? You know, I, I, I know I saw a professional boxer one time talk about how he got, it was a Champ talked about how he got into it. He said he watched boxing and was like, oh, everybody that boxes is rich. So I'm going to be a boxer. Right. right. I, you decide, I just everybody that's in software sales has a nice car. I mean, how did you decide you want to be in software sales? I just asked a bunch of questions. A lot of people ask the questions. I mean, I think that's a big thing. People are just afraid to 
just be themselves and show up and just say, hey, I don't know anything about this, but just tell me. Like, is this something that you're, where, where are the pains for you? Are you thriving? Do you feel good about this? Like, are you happy? You know, is anybody going to be happy doing software sales like for their entire life? Maybe, I don't know. Am I happy with where I'm at? Yeah, because I'm helping people and I'm also profiting from it too. You know, it's where I'm, I'm getting a return on my investment and ROI on myself as well from the season planning through making it not about the sale, it's about the relationship. So I've honed in on what I'm good at and where I set myself apart from others that has allowed me to build my personal brand and become, you know, kind of an entity of my own under the seamless umbrella, you know, where that's, that's something that a lot of reps, they, they don't realize they're able to do. They don't realize now, do they coach you on that. Like, are they, when you come into uh, seamless, are they walking you through like how to build your own personal brand or is that something you guys just kind of pick up and learn on your own? Nope. So I am been doing some of the coaching on that actually. So I started doing it by just being observant and asking questions from people who were building their personal brand and just creating relationships by simply connecting and starting a conversation, not selling, not pitching, none of the above, but which some of these influencers and people that are big in the tech space and the tech world and the SaaS industry, you know, to where I just showed up and was human and just said, Hey, like, love this, what you shared here, ask the question that's valuable, you know, and just be, you know, friends basically in the same network and just grow it that way with, you know, intentions down the line of hopefully having something developed from that. But you never know what seeds you're going to plant. You know, you never know what fruition is going to come from that when you are just putting kind of a footprint somewhere. When you show up and you are authentic and you are genuine and you bring value to someone that's going to set you apart from simply showing up and just pitching right away. So, so I came into Seamless and I, I first was at a company in, in St. Pete, Florida, and I loved it. It was great. It's kind of where I learned SaaS as a whole and COVID hit all that. And I was like, you know what? There's not a lot of growth opportunity here. I've got to make a change. So Seamless kept popping up on my radar. So I said, okay, I'm going for it. So went through the motions, went through the interview process. They gave me an offer. I said, yes, absolutely. Jumped on that. My first week working, I slacked Brandon, our CEO, and our CRO, and our VP of sales. And I said, if we ever have a sole enterprise division, I want to be the one to take that on because I know I can do it. And I've worked in the enterprise space before. I feel good about being able to have that business acumen and being able to speak high level and to bring the value the right way without just like phone hang up, phone, hang up, you know, just dial, dial, dial. There's more to it. There's the, there's the whole account-based marketing mixed with account-based selling kind of portion of things that you've got to find. So at the time, was there no enterprise, when you come on, is there no enterprise team? No. So there still isn't. It's me. So I, you are the enterprise team. Okay. I am enterprise. Hello. I am enterprise. So, but, but you're like a commercial. 
but hello, I'm Enterprise. Yeah, so our so I work with our sales directors. There's six or seven of them who have teams under them, and they're just the more you know established people who have been around sales for a long time. You know, they know what they're doing. They understand the ins and outs of enterprise. So I work with most of our sales directors and we'll just kind of tag team things and tackle them together. So like TikTok is a big one we're trying to tackle right now. Instacart, we've got them on a pilot, just big names that are going to make a big dent in the scene. Like you said, are you, so are you trying to sell a TikTok or you're trying to uh, use TikTok? Neither. I'm trying, no, I'm trying to sell the TikTok. I'm not trying trying to sell a TikTok. Okay. So I've, we've got TikTok, we've got a team of their reps, which you wouldn't even think they would have like the whole business development team. Like I, you know, it's like things that people don't think about, right. but TikTok does their own outreach. So we, I step in, I reach out to some, you know, one of the girls over there who handles partnerships and um, she ended up going, she went to University of Mississippi as well. So left her kind of a little note that was like, hey, hotty toddy, whatever. And I did. I started it just like that. And she was like, this is the best thing ever. So hold on. Oh, okay, keep going. So she said the hotty toddy back and we set up a call and went from there. But it's all about just like being personable, but not in this like over personal way to where you're a part of a sequence and a cadence and people know exactly what you're doing. That's, that's, that's so awesome. Okay, great. What, what do you feel like the biggest lesson you've learned in the last 12 months is? You've got to have opinions and be able to speak up. I think that's a huge thing. I mean, you've got to form your own opinions. You've got to be able to think on your own and not, and develop your own beliefs. There's going to be things that people are going to put in front of you your entire life that are going to be things that Either, you know, when you're a kid, whether it's religion, whatever it is, it's those things are instilled in you and you've got to learn what you believe growing up. And then it's true in sales. You've got to have your own beliefs and alignment with if, if your values and what you believe align with what the company's values are and the leadership, what they actually portray and what they, you know, they don't just say their actions speak on that too, then you're going to thrive. You know, it's where you're in a good position. You're in a good place. And one of the big things over here at Seamless is taking action. So I've run with that one, like a crazy person. Like I've literally, I've got literally right here, my sticky note that says, take action, execute, make it happen. Inaction is still in action because it's so true. It's where if I don't take action, that's just simply an inaction. I'm not doing anything. So I'm one of those, I'd rather go full force and figure things out and apologize later if needed. But by trial and error and having my own vision and beliefs and something, it's been, it's positioned me in a really good way to be able to kind of build this pillar within Seamless that was missing that it's kind of the you know, liaison between sales and marketing that we didn't have that alignment really established. And there were some partnership opportunities we were missing out on. There were a few things that were just, you know, not being honed in on enough. And through 
a lot of like our reps, they're, they're just dialing all day, which is great. And for me, I'm a hunter. I like to go find the things. I want to be able to have that satisfaction and gratification of, oh, I found this on my own. I went and did the work and I, you know, I like to have that. I did the work. Now, did you start out as an SDR? Yes. Or, okay. Yeah. So I started out as an SDR and I'm, I'm not doing like full cycle sales stuff right now. It's really a, it's a growth period right now of figuring out kind of where I fall. So I'm, I'm doing strategic sales and I'm going alongside these sales directors through the whole process. I'm not closing the whole thing out. They are, but I'm, I'm learning a lot, which is my big thing right now is that I'm learning so much more than I would say in the past four or five months than I have ever, you know, in my whole sales, sales career by simply just executing and just making things happen by saying, this is what I think we need to do. And I firmly believe this. And I think this is for the betterment of the company or my personal brand for what we're trying to establish the revenue coming in, uh, all the above and just running with them. And so it's created a ton of opportunities. Now, what's the one thing, what's your favorite thing? I'm going to, we'll plug at the seamless. I know you guys are on a, on a tear. Brandon's, Brandon's got everybody running towards a, a billion dollars in an IPO. So what's your favorite thing about, what's your favorite thing about seamless? There's good people. There's people who genuinely care. There's people who, uh, there's people in operations who will joke around with me about things who have kids who know the craziness of life, you know, who they, who know who I am past Amelia seamless employee, you know, it's, there's a deeper connection to just, Oh, you're just another employee. So I think that's something that a lot of people do at seamless though, is that there's, you get to know people in other departments. I don't think a lot of companies hone in on that enough to where they create those relationships because when push comes to shove and you need something in operations done like immediately, and you don't have like a sidekick over there that you're like, hey, hit them up real quick. And you're like, can you please help me out? Like I have a CS girl this morning who I needed a list of something and they're kind of backed up. And I was like, I'm skipping the line. I'm coming to you. Can you help me? And she's like, I got you. And I was like, you are amazing. Thank you. But you know, it's where, you know, you've got to have your people and you just find your people and your, your tribe within. And I'm, Seamless has taught me a lot, but they've let me run with things in my own way. They've given me a lot of leverage to where I'm able to implement certain things to a degree. I'm able to champion things more so, you know, certain things that I say, hey, I, I'm not seeing this being as fruitful as it could be. Or, hey, what do you think about this idea? To where they've trusted me to run with our President's Club stuff to have those conversations with people who've generated a certain amount of revenue using Seamless. And through our sales summits that we do, I do all the outreach to get people um, speaking for those and, you know, different events and things that we have, which is great because the trust has been instilled just because I, you know, there's not the, let me micromanage you and see everything that you're doing. It's where like, you're showing results. So here you go. Here's a little bit more to run with. Well, this was, Amelia, I, I wish we had recorded some of the previous conversation. This was great. We had so many, t- it's almost, we'll probably have to have you on again because there's a lot of stuff we talked in the first conversation. I wish we'd recorded it because there was so much great material, but let's have you on again. This was awesome. I loved, Absolutely. I love talking to you. 
and no, uh, excited to. I'm excited about the book too. I can't wait to read it. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. As always, uh, if you want more information on the podcast, go to monsterconnect.com forward slash podcast. Uh, you can get last season's, uh, last year's episodes. You can get all the new episodes for this year. And as always, remember, don't let what you can't do interfere with what you can. Until next time. 